Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about a journey toward biblical counseling. Well, I'm very thankful to have with me here today my good friend Greg Warren. Uh, Greg has been at Grace Bible Church here in Granbury for a long time. Uh, he is an elder in our church. Uh, he's been here from really the earliest years of our church's uh, existence, and uh, I'm thankful that he's been a friend now for over 20 years. Uh, so, Greg, thanks so much for joining us for the conversation yeah, today. Yeah, it's such a blessing to do this, and it'll be a good time. So one of the things we want to start doing on the podcast is introducing you to some of the guys that serve as our regular uh, certified counselors here and just talk a little bit about their stories and their journeys to biblical counseling. So uh, I've asked Greg uh, to be here today to tell us a bit of his story and how he has uh, learned about biblical counseling and kind of uh, moved toward that. Um, so Greg, maybe we can start just thinking about those early years Um after becoming a believer, um, what were some of the elements that God laid uh, as the groundwork that would become um, full bloom in biblical counseling later on? Yeah, I you know I think back to those early days that would have been late high school and into college for me when uh, I first heard the gospel and responded in faith, and and God in His grace had me in a church and multiple churches through school, even uh, college that the pastors faithfully taught the word. Um, one of my pastors early on was quite involved in the late mid and late seventies and trying to recapture the inerrancy of scripture among the Southern Baptists at the time. And so that uh, vocabulary was strong in my ears and uh, that faithfulness to the word was there. Um, Different things came along the way, you know, through the years in, in college. Uh, I have a vivid memory of uh, a Bible study leader one time reading uh, Exodus 33 and verse 13 where Moses says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may know you. And I think what translated there was Christianity became a relationship and a, and a getting to know God and uh, and a and a pursuit of him rather than a like a sport to participate in you know college was a was a good time actually good friends uh, challenging discipleship and faithful uh, teaching it was those years when i i really learned to sit down and read the word and and kind of move from that phase i think often where we find ourselves living from memory verse to memory verse to actually sitting down to read the biblical books through and see them in their context and i vividly uh, remember romans how the the lights just come on, right? You you see the message of redemption in its grandness and the fullness of the work of Christ and the obvious uh, work of grace over against works or man's contribute uh, contribution and and it's humbling and joyful and full and and so the word became more uh, deep and the redemptive message became more full in those years um, and I'm just thankful that. Even up uh, through college in our early years, that environment—that in, that's the environment that preceded us moving to Granbury. Mm-hmm. 
So as that kind of tailed off, we we landed here at Grace in in '84. Man, we're so glad you did. Um, so you're growing in an understanding of sufficiency. You've seen that sort of battle for sufficiency that happened in many evangelical churches in those days. You're growing in your faith, and then you you come to then small town Granbury, Texas. And um, so tell us about that transition coming to Grace Bible Church, and how did God continue to grow? your faith, and particularly your interest in discipleship in those years. Yeah, so coming off those years um, through school and the first couple years of marriage, um, well taught, as I said, um, and discipled uh, such that I understood, you know, from Ephesians that uh, the church is to be about the, the gifted ones building into the body, the body carrying out the work, you know, the whole Ephesians 4 pattern and uh, I came from a larger church where that was carried out a lot by a staff and faithful teachers and we showed up at Grace in a small little building out here in the cedars on the edge of town and it was encouraging how it was so obvious to me that this is where Ephesians 4 was going to bloom would would be among a small church with a single pastor and to build up the body was going to require the body to be involved, and, and it appealed to Brenda and I, and here we are, what, 38 years later, right? And uh, <laughs> um, So it, it was also interesting. Um, yeah, I work at a bank in town and um, never considered discipleship opportunities at a bank, but uh, early years and now... All these years later, having very constructive, meaningful relationships with a handful of men at the bank that uh, are focused on uh, their faith, our faith, and how we can live that out in our home and work environment. Um, my office tends to be a, a gathering place and a place of conversation. Uh, never would have anticipated that, but um, I think that's just kind of how... Pursuing those relationships uh, with the guys, it just has that openness. It produced an environment here at Grace where um, to get to be well taught as uh, Terry, our present pastor, came along and committed to the scriptures and and, uh, sound theology. I think in these years I went from my understanding of the Inerrancy of God's word, as I saw it offended here in the late 70s and early 80s, to understanding the sufficiency of God's word for all of life and wanting to apply that well in my family, in myself, uh, at work, and obviously here in the church. But I also started seeing that over against uh, the culture. The culture of, I, I call it the air we breathe. It's a, a psychologized air we breathe where the vocabulary is even so controlled by that thinking uh, rather than uh, even among the church often. Uh, the psychologized vocabulary about life rather than a biblically focused. Through those years as that was building in me and difficulties of life came and went along the way. And one time things came further into Focus for me. I heard a, a sermon uh, Mark Dever preached, and in that he mentioned uh, that 
you know, having Christ, having Him is better than it all. That uh, it's better than I think you said painless joints and happy marriages and never-ending friendships, even you know the society tolerating Christians. But having Christ is better than it all, and that kind of crystallized to me um, the fullness of God's word, the fullness of His redemption, the, the value of what I have in Him. Somewhat the Psalm 16 meditations, right? You know. And then I met a guy named John Newton, reading his letters, his pastoral letters, and how he cared and counseled for people uh, through his letter writing, obviously through his sermons, but the first exposure for me was was his letters, and how he would deal with people and in biblically saturated, wise um, counsel. Uh, I wanted to get to know him more. I wanted to learn of that more. And I think what I got to see there was a pastoral, biblical counselor far before <laughs> a movement, true? Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I owe you many debts um, in, in terms of just advice, friendship, discipleship of, of your care toward me. But one of those debts is introducing me to John Newton, so... Publicly, thank you for that. And um, Newton has become a dear mentor and friend for both yeah, of us. Yes. Uh, so thank you for that introduction <laughs> to John Newton. So, so Dever concludes that famous hymn or that famous sermon at a shepherd's conference with the Newton quote. Yes, and that kind of launches you That's it. into that. So, subsequent to that moment, as this is all crystallizing for you, you start thinking about furthering your education in biblical counseling. So tell us about that part of your story. Yeah, you know, in those, um, well, the the last many years, many of us here in the church would end up at a shepherd's conference out in California at Grace Community and getting trained and challenged and encouraged in in shepherding the flock. And uh, through those years would be exposed to the uh, Master's of Arts in Biblical Counseling at the Master's University. And often thought, you know, something like that could help me perhaps uh, tie some things together. Uh, because I found myself now solidly committed to the sufficiency of Scripture, very confident in it, but not knowing how to engage or, what would we say, uh, pierce through the psycho- psychologized vocabulary and tendencies that often even controlled many of us in the church, you know, um, so there came a time, uh, what now, five years ago, that uh, I thought, you know, if if I now's the chance, not getting younger. Uh, work was at a place where there was some space, the kids were gone, and I thought, you know, I could get better prepared to serve and minister in the church and community beyond my working years, um, assuming there those years come. <laughs> that uh, there is more time. Uh, so I, I, I looked into that, um, and that's what it provided. It, it uh, obviously, you know, with Stuart Scott and the others there that we worked with to learn our way through uh, that Masters of Arts um, and the ACBC certification. Uh, we did deal, you know, very well with uh, tying together the sufficiency of God's Word and being able to communicate it in a way that... Uh, opened up eyes and hearts to its applicability to all of life. 
to those areas where we hurt and those areas where we're confused and even those areas where our body uh, might be responding in ways that we don't understand and we're tangled in inner man and outer man and we're tangled in heart and head and body. Um, it proved very valuable. It, it personally was probably the, the deepest, best time of personal growth and devotion to this day. Yeah. yeah. So you finish your MABC degree from Masters University. You uh, receive the ACBC certification as a part of that. And so I know, as you and I have talked over the years, a lot of that pursued, and that's a big commitment, is is your thinking beyond even your years um, in your current role at the bank right now. You're thinking to future ministry, those retirement years. Um, so uh, y- your wife is Brenda. Brenda was one of our earliest ACBC certified counselors here in our church. And I know you, you two have thought about your future in terms of ministry. So um, how might the training you've received and, and just your thoughts along the way, how do you hope that that will equip you for future ministry? What, what are your desires there? And uh, maybe folks listening that are approaching retirement years or in retirement years, they're thinking, yeah, I want to, I want to maximize these years of freedom um, for the Lord's glory mm-hmm. and for discipling mm-hmm. others. So talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, Brenda and I talked and have for many years on, you know, what would it look like one day after work, uh, or let's say after full-time work, and uh, it revolved around the church. There's dreams of of, uh, short-term missions. There's dreams of counseling together, uh, which we will be doing later today here at the church. Um, And... um, and how could we use, in a sense, uh, the training she's had as a certified counselor and I've had myself, maybe to help encourage and strengthen our missionaries in addition to our own body here. The I think the ability that the MABC helped, and obviously ACBC certification is too, right, with uh, understanding the interaction of sufficiency of God's Word with the culture and the and the typical uh, view of man that we see in, in, a, in a fallen world um, to gain some confidence to interact with that and deal with that and help people kind of sweep away the cloud and the dust that I think confuses them uh, about their life as they deal with the issues of life. So presently, I, we have not, you know, it's not at full fruition uh, for Brenda and I in, our, in what we look to be the future uh, condition uh, uh, when there's less work. Um, but we view it as when we're, uh, how can we better support and serve um, so that there's an increased time of, of ministry as there's a decreased uh, requirement for work. Um, uh, that's been our desire. Uh, we seem to be in a little bit of a holding pattern right now. But um, we'll walk with him till the time frees up. <laughs> um, I love when I think of Newton. Um, I think of his kindness to people to point them to Christ's sufficiency. Um, I think of his kindness to challenge them gently with the sufficiency of God's word for them, the wonder of the Savior and his faithfulness to continue his work in them, um, and his amazing ability to point us at the heart. And I think 
Well, that's right. That's the focus of what we've got to do as counselors. We've got to help people understand the whys and what am I doing in light of God's word and what's driving them. And uh, Newton describes so many different ways God's faithfulness to help us see those things we rely on rather than him or lean on and desire rather than him and God's faithfulness to one by one deal with those. And uh, to me, that's part of the, the glory, the beauty of discipleship in God's church, of preparing people for ministry, of the ministry of counseling, of helping people put Christ on the throne and take those things off, right, that don't belong there, to see his beauty, to see his fullness and uh, sufficiency for them, that they would say he's their treasure. Amen to that. That's that's the bottom line. And I, I hope as you're listening to this, you recognize that we all have different stories. We all have different journeys of how God has worked in our past to um, lead us to understand the sufficiency of Christ and his word and to prepare um, you know, different elements along the way that has led us to see the, the role of discipleship and even discipleship in more intensive forms like biblical counseling and that, uh, you know, you don't have to be a, a pastor or, you know, a professor or anything like that, that, um, uh, you know, you can do discipleship counseling in whatever your role is, whether you work at a bank or you're a teacher or you're a construction worker, you know, whatever it is, um, that God's call for sharing his word and helping people from the text of scripture is something that all of us are called to do in all arenas of life. So Greg, thanks for the time. Thanks for sharing your story with us. I hope this has been encouragement to you listening. Um, since you brought up Newton, you know, I'm going to do this. So Yay. for those, uh, souls out there that have not come to know yet the riches of John Newton, What's your go-to book? Like if, if mm, a, a listener wants to wants to benefit from John Newton the way you and I have been blessed, I know I have an answer. But what's mm-hmm. your answer for that? What what resource or resources would you recommend? Yeah, the first thing I ran into uh, proved to be just what filled my soul was the it's the letters of John Newton. It's a compilation. I would say edited. Would mm-hmm. you say by mm-hmm. Josiah Bull, who was in a sense like a son or grandson of one of Newton's mm-hmm. contemporaries. Uh, in that edition, he gathers letters written to a good number of people and groups them. And as he introduces the letter, he introduces you to the context of the writing. So you get to see a little bit of, in a sense, what's on the canvas as Newton is applying God's word to the situation, to that person's life. And, you know, some of them are are like you would read a letter from one person to another. Most of them, uh, they are just full of nuggets uh, of wisdom and grace and on on topic today on wonderful counseling. Mm -hmm. That's right. So that's Banner of Truth. Uh, the Letters of John Newton, edited by Josiah Bull. That's a great place to start. And, and Greg, maybe in a subsequent podcast, you and I can just do a little uh, spiritual table tennis over John Newton and, and uh, share some of our favorite thoughts and insights oh, yeah. from him. That sometimes. would be so, a great time. All right. It might be like a three-hour podcast. That's true. But... <laughs> well, 
Well, great. Thanks for being here. And thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. Uh, for more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us at our website at thecbcd.org.